Thank you. Next! <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you, next energy, yeah? is fucking freezing halloween is finally over everyone is already talking about christmas and i've seen the shops bring back in christmas shit and we are also back in your ears we are how was your halloween i mean the question's void because like i didn't even know it was halloween how was your halloween you knew it was halloween i've been telling you it was halloween yeah but other than you telling me i didn't like i didn't make like an appointment what, who makes an appointment? You with a tarot reader. Oh uh, yeah, I made an appointment with it. We'll talk about that in a bit. Welcome back to Thank You Next, a podcast about turning your L's into wins. I am Hardy. And I am Raj. And if you're new to us, what we do here is talk in depth about the L's we've taken in any of the relationships in our lives and figure out what that L taught us. And once that L becomes a lesson, it becomes a win. That's how it works. That's how it works around here. And when we say any of the relationships in our lives, we literally mean that. It could be our colleagues, our bosses, our besties, our haters, our lovers, our neighbours or our Insta followers if they're following you back. Everybody, basically. Everyone is is a relationship. Everybody. Every week we say thank you next to shit that we need to let go of for good. Not just a, a little break thing. It's like a this is a forever thing. This is not something we want to revisit again in the future. So on today's episode, we're going to be joined by a guest who's going to give us an international take on everything. She's soul-born, Toronto-bred and London-based DJ, club promoter, broadcaster and podcaster O Annie O is our guest this week. She supported the likes of Khalees, Lizzo and St. Vincent. Her new podcast, Don't Call Me Exotic, features conversations with creatives about their experiences of racism within the industry and how it's affected them throughout their lives and careers. So it's a deep one. It is very deep. She actually had a singer-songwriter, Amala. She chatted about decolonizing her uni's curriculum, which was very interesting. Wow, that's amazing, literally. And she also had a booker, a music creator called Sean Grant. They basically chatted about security guards at events who have like a code sheet thing on how they describe people based on their race and also how he came across like these racial slurs people were using in this code thing. Yeah, it's actually mad. So Annie is going to be telling us what she's saying thank you next to. Uh, we want to hear what you want to say thank you next to. So make sure you email us at hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your relationship lessons, things that have made you want to say thank you next or anything you want to share with us and make sure that you're following us on all the socials for memes, videos from the episode and spicy photos of us because it says here because we're hot. Hardy broke that in the script because we're hot. We are hot. And it is at thank you next pod. We actually got um, a DM from Hodge, listener Hodge. And this is actually based on, I would say, a spicy photo of us, do I want to say? Okay. So you put up a picture of me, you and Hannah last night mm -hmm. from Underrated Podcast. But the thing is, it's spelled Underrated Podcast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just if you, if you want to listen to that episode, we were on an episode with Hannah talking about you, Made in Chelsea. We reviewed Queens. You chatted a bit about Harry Potter, you know. So yeah, Hardy put this picture up and 
Hard DM Dust said, Raj, I saw this and first thing I thought to tell you is you look great. Just had to tell you. I was like, oh, that's sweethearts and all of that, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then then she was like, nah, I don't think you got the message. Let me tell you straight. Yeah. So then she, oh, wow. okay. then she sent me a second message in our DM saying, love the podcast and notice that sometimes you can make a little dig at yourself. This isn't criticism, I promise. Embrace you. And honestly, your post yesterday, I thought you go, girl. Oh, that's sweet. Do you think I come across as too self-critical on the podcast? Um... Thank you, Hodge, by the way. I'm like, <laughs> I think there's only one thing that you're critical of yourself in, but definitely not your past relationships. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm a bit critical of myself. Um, the listeners have noticed. So I will, I'm working on that. I'm working on self-love actively. That's very sweet. Thanks, Hodge. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take some notes from Hardy about uh, affirmations I can use to love myself. She can tr- teach me later today but other shit that went down this week hardy raj you for the third week in a row you have taken yourself on a adventure somewhere spiritual journey (laughs) this week you decided on halloween you were gonna go for a tarot reader you found out all the ones were booked so you went to some bloke tell us about this (sighs) so i was trying to get a tarot reading um this was actually pre-Halloween, Halloween Eve. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this would be great because it's a good time to go for a reading because if your reader actually has spirit guides and stuff, Halloween is the time where the veil between that world and our world becomes thinner. So if guides want to come through and send messages, they can. I sound like a fucking idiot. I know Yep. <laughs> this was my thinking behind it. And I was like, maybe I'll get like a clear message, whatever, whatever. So I took my friend with me and I'm just going to tell you now, her name is Tish and she's white. And we ended up going to Richmond and because um, I always walk past this place that has a tower reader in. And I was like, okay, I know that this place in Richmond will have probably places because no one's ever in there or whatever so we went Mm -hmm. and there he was and it was a south asian dude and i wasn't expecting a south asian dude because i don't really know a lot of south asian dudes who read who read tarot what were you expecting an old mystic white lady with white hair and piercing blue eyes and funky clothes i don't know and you had a south asian man what kind of shoes did he have on i didn't see his shoes but he was wearing like black top to toe just you know he sounds adventurous he saw tish first and i was just hanging about in the shop he locked the shop and i was just hanging about and messing around in the shop for like half an hour while she was having her reading and then when i walked into the room upstairs i could see her cards laid out on the table and the table was full of cards so she had pulled i would say at least 15 cards. Mm. When it was my turn to sit down, I sat down and he just kept having conversations with me, mm-hmm. bearing in mind that he was clock keeping from zero to 30 and he would not go over that yet. And I didn't know that he wouldn't go over that. I thought if he's going to talk a bit, he'll go over and do me a proper reading. But anyway, he was talking. A, he made comments on my appearance and told me that I was beautiful and all of that, which is okay to say once, I think. But then it came up in my reading, something about my appearance. And then he said it like a couple more times and it made me a bit uncomfortable. Do you think with the beautiful thing, maybe he was just trying to get you on side? Maybe it works with other women. I have no idea. So the first card he pulled was pain is a touchstone of spiritual progress. And I was like, yeah, like I've had a lot of shit going on like previously and whatever, whatever. Um... And he was talking about the card and I'm just going to show you the card. Like the card is like this woman shrouding herself in this red cloak. And she's like, mm-hmm. her body language is very much like closed up. And she's like, you know, it's like, you know, when someone's really cold and they're closed mm-hmm. up and they're like wrapping a shawl around them. He was like, yeah, you don't really show yourself to the world. You're not comfortable. There's something about you. You don't feel comfortable showing yourself to the world, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I've put a lot of weight on since um, 
my ex and stuff like since I but you've up. also started a podcast <laughs> where you say everything every week yeah 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 but you you did you have said this to me as well that in photos and stuff I hired and I do all of that yeah you know you do that yeah I know I do that so I was like okay that he's he's talking about that I'm just gonna say it now I the ex that I do talk about where I'm like oh it was it was awful and there was gaslighting and whatever I was married I'm just gonna say it now because it makes this story easy I was married and I didn't want to say it before because I didn't want to say that I was divorced because I felt like somehow that was giving him power over me, that he was controlling part of my identity because that divorce signified something that happened with him in my life. But I'm over that now and I'm okay with saying it. I'm fucking divorced. And I know that he doesn't get power from that anymore. I don't know why I even thought that, but that was my rationalization of it. But anyway, so I told him that I'm divorced and he was like, oh yeah, you know what? Um, My parents didn't push me into any of that stuff. You ended up doing the rounds. You ended up doing whatever. He said something along those lines and he was like, oh, my parents never made me do that probably because I'm a guy. And I was like, excuse me, um, I didn't have a forced marriage. I didn't have an arranged marriage. I was like, mm. I married like my childhood sweetheart. And also not all brown girls are having arranged marriages. Like I was like, it was a love marriage. Mm. And he just looked at me, but then he carried on like doing this whole thing. And during the card reading, he was trying to like sell his other stuff to me. Like, oh, come really? to my, yeah. Like, oh, you should try Reiki. I do Reiki. And oh, I do Tai Chi. You should do Tai Chi. <sighs> Why should I do Tai Chi? I'm here. Tai Chi is actually a vibe, you know. Just do it on YouTube, though. I could do it with you, but I'm just like, bro, like, I'm here. You need to read my cards. Hardy, throughout that card reading, I pulled seven cards mm. compared to Tish's like 15, 20. I was just like, what was that about? And then he just kept trying to talk to me. And like, I don't know what's wrong with and why this is happening to me. But it's like, why do I keep meeting these people where it's like, a, if I'm going to like a therapist and it's a white therapist, they're judging me because I'm brown. But then when I have this tarot reader who's meant to give you a reading based on the tarot, he's judging me because I'm brown. Mm, you're not safe anywhere, mate. You're not safe. You're not, you're not going to go back then. I will not be going back there. And then what I did was I went home and I just, I did a reading myself, like for me and Tish. You should have given him a Google. But what should I say? That he tried to sell you his other shit. This man tried to tell me that I had a forced marriage. <laughs> Yeah. God. Uh, what was your mate's reading any good? Yeah, it was actually and you know what? My reading was good. It did tell me things that definitely related. And my mate's reading was all about travel and her boyfriend and things like that. And she's actually moving to Australia and all of that stuff came up in her reading. And relevant stuff did come up in my reading because you he was right. Like I do hide myself. And then I guess those sort of things could apply to anyone as well. Mm. I'm sure everyone goes through that stuff. But yeah, there, there were bits, but I didn't think it was like the best reading I've ever had or a great tarot reading. I didn't feel satisfied that I'd paid someone to read my tarot. And it, I was so dissatisfied by it that I had to go home and read my own. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And my reading was miles better. So I was just kind of like, okay. Can you do your own reading for yourself? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did Tish's as well. And like, she started crying when I did her reading. It was that spot on. Fucking hell. So. Guys, hire Raj for tarot readings. <laughs> <laughs> I won't gaslight you and tell you you've had forced marriage. Fucking hell. He sounds awful. Fucking. He sounds like someone just gave him some work experience or something. Rude. So I watched Made in Chelsea and Raj's favorite character, who's, oh my God, absolute nightmare, Maeva. She is causing shite so her and james have i've been having a bit of a break and in their break um oh they're playing loads of games as well so she was like i need a break and then she didn't go on his little family holiday and then they come back together and she ended it after he found out that she was chatting to his ex not just chatting to her ex like talking about her sex life and saying how the sex life with the ex was really good and how she's like bored and how they had so much passion it was really fucking bad also, she is playing such a dangerous game. So anyway, 
Then her actual boyfriend, who she's on a break with, James, went and kissed some girl on a night out when they're on a break or whatever. And she's going crazy. And she's like, the only way I can get my own back on James is to sleep with Miles. I can't fucking deal with this shit. They are so pathetic. And you know what? Like, I know I said I really like Maeva and whatever. And I, I was basically... You still do, yeah? No, because I was basically saying that I think it's a character that she puts on, but I have it on actual authority by people who have worked on the production team that it's not a character and that that's actually who she is. I really did think that like this, it's not possible that this woman goes through life like the way, in the way that she does. And I just thought, yeah, it's a great character that she's created with the production team for the show. But I heard a story about how the production team, someone on there forgot her birthday or didn't wish her a happy birthday when it was her birthday. And she was like, why haven't you wished me happy birthday? Da, 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 da. And she wasn't talking to them and all of that. Mm. They were like, I'm new. I didn't know. I've literally just started and I didn't know it was your birthday. She got really upset or whatever. And then I think they said something to her like, well, yeah, but maybe that's like you, you not knowing it's my birthday. Like it could be my birthday today. And you didn't know. And she was like, yeah, but you're not on Made in Chelsea, are you? <laughs> so <laughs> Did, wait, I think the episode's dropped from this week of Mustafa, but I don't know what's actually happened. Oh, I've seen it. Okay, I haven't seen, so don't tell me. Don't tell me, I haven't got that far. But I haven't seen what she decides to do, but I know she says to Miles, her ex, do you want to sleep together? And I was watching it and I was like, if he says yes, he's a fucking idiot. And then my housemate said, why wouldn't he? And I was like, because she's a headache. And then you've got that headache and the James in your life for the next like few months. That bullshit you want just from having sex with her one time. I feel like Miles liked it and Miles enjoyed it up until a certain point. And I think Miles didn't want to admit that he enjoyed it to a certain point. I think Miles liked to hide behind this thing of, no, we have a history and we have love for each other, but there's nothing else there. But I think Miles is obviously going to have more than that to deal with now on, on his plate. I, it's just history. I mean... <sighs> It's not history if you're actively still chasing it. Yeah. And they both they both still want to enable each other's bad behavior. But what I wanted to talk to you about about this is that where we are seeing it from, it's a break. In the latest episode, all of a sudden, this break gets labeled a breakup. And if you're on a break, what is acceptable for you to be getting up to if you are supposed to be taking space from the relationship and going potentially back to have a conversation with the other person about things i understand that when you are away from someone or like you think okay you're in a relationship and now you're not you're on a break they probably think they've got a check have i still got it can i still pull they probably want like their ego stroke so i kind of get how it would happen something could happen but i think if you're even chatting to someone or like flirting with someone or all these things i think about them as distractions so for me, I'm saying absolutely nothing is acceptable. However, maybe they need that to work out where their head's at. Although I don't know if you need to bring outside forces in to work out where your head is at. Because like, yeah, my thoughts on a break is that you kind of just are taking space from the relationship. But if you are chatting to other people, then you're exploring other options. Mm. Then it needs to be a proper breakup with no intention of going back if you're exploring other options I mean for me I don't think it's cool to be exploring other options while you're still in it or you're letting someone think that there's there's a chance that they're still in it I feel like people only say break so they can explore other options I don't think anyone ever says break and means it and look inward in that time yeah <laughs> who's done that in history if you've done that hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com yeah tell us if you've had a break um what's happened on that break and what happened during that time and were you just looking inwards or were you actually exploring other options in that time I feel like it's an excuse to explore other options but i cannot i'm gonna watch it after we record this because i need to catch up but 
oh my god I was fuming I was literally shouting at the screen I was like for fuck's sake and then my housemates were like she can't be real it's a fake character surely it's not a fake I'm telling you now it's not a fake character She's a walking red flag. But then I feel like do all her issues just stem from the fact that she's still in love with Miles and she... She's always going to be in love with him and she needs to get over the fact that she did, he didn't pick her, but she hasn't got over that yet. So did she not pick James? How did James... I've forgotten how this even happened. She only got with James to piss off Miles, but then I don't know why she would stay with him for two years. Obviously, she started to like him. Although, did you hear in that episode, she was like, buy me a house, buy me this, buy me that. Or he was saying, oh, I'm going to buy you a house. Like this guy with his red Ferrari or whatever, he keeps driving around the corner. This this isn't a spoiler or anything but he was basically talking to the boys and he was like she told me that she wants kids and that she wants a future and that she wants like certain things in life so I've changed my life to give those things to her so I work this much and I'm away for three nights a week because I'm working because she wants this why don't she work I don't know like if anyone knows any of the answers to these questions about Maeva tell us or if any of you actually have stories about meeting Maeva in real life if you think that is a character if, if that is real like tell us is she actually like that in real life what is she actually like dm us is thank you next pod there you go thank you next we mentioned earlier that dj and podcaster o annie o who you might know for her club night night dreams represent radio or djing at the littest events in london is going to be joining us so let's find out what she's saying thank you next to welcome to thank you next annie hi <laughs> so we have to ask because I love Halloween Hardy hates it and it's been a big topic on the podcast how was your Halloween Halloween was actually super fun but it was really stressful the thing is I love Halloween but I actually never end up dressing up because I can never be bothered to figure out what I'm gonna do until like a week before and then it's just too late to do anything so I ordered about four costumes and all of them like arrived at different times and like I ordered like props and stuff like different it was honestly like the most stressful week up to Halloween, but I had a great time. What were the costume? What were the ideas? Um, one was Lucy Lou from Kill Bill. Yeah. Cause I get it all the time. Like all these like racist remarks where people are like, you're like <laughs> Lucy Lou. And I was like, do you know what? This is the one day of the year that you can say that I'm like Lucy Lou. And anyway, that character is so badass in that film. So that was one. Another one was Sailor Moon. Cute. That just didn't arrive. Um, what else, what else did I get? I got like, a dead beauty queen one but it was just like the cheapest material like i couldn't and then like a batgirl costume and that material like it's honestly they're made of paper like these costumes are so so shit i know i did actually see a really good one on tiktok today a guy dressed as the old man from squid games have Uh, you guys seen it yeah he puts like a bowl cap on and then like the wrinkles on the head and then the stands (laughs) with the mouth open it's actually really good yeah there was a lot of squid game so you didn't dress up at all i just dressed up as my best self (laughs) i just like picked some shit out of my wardrobe (laughs) yeah yeah, but like i i dress kind of like extra most of the time anyway so i did the same thing i just dressed up as myself but just went a little bit more extra so i just had like glitter eyeshadow exactly and fake lashes and blah blah i was like i am myself that's scary enough Ah." exactly (laughs) if you dress up every day what's another day you know what i mean but next year i want to go hard i want to be like maleficent or or i want to be you know julia roberts in pretty woman when she's like yeah in the hooker outfit that's hot yeah i was just like hopefully like i'll be going gym properly like you know i'll just be like (laughs) (laughs) do you need to start preparing yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna start preparing like now because i can't have this week again a hundred percent but neither of us went to maya Jama's party 
what the hell goes down at my jammer's party oh my god it was so much fun like the music was just and i'm not just saying this because i dj because you dj <laughs> but like the music was just so good all night like you know how sometimes you go to parties and like you'll like hang out because when there's different rooms and stuff and like loads of places to go like you'll kind of filter in and out but like i was just dancing the whole time and like yeah it was really fun wait who had the best outfit there though Obviously, Maya. Maya. <laughs> other, than, other, other than Maya, who had the best outfit. Oh my god, it was, there was a lot of rum flowing that night. Um, was Marge Simpson there? Didn't one of the little mixed girls dress up as Marge Simpson? Oh shit! And she looked banging. She did look amazing. There were a lot of people that went that I saw in pictures posted afterwards that I didn't even see. Oh, um, uh, Amelia, you know yeah. who does chicken oh, shop yeah. day? She dressed up as like the Drake cover. Oh, like, yeah. the oh I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. See, Amelia's fucking creative. I've not actually seen a picture of it. I saw her picture of the picture, but I haven't seen her. I want to see it. No, you know what? I so did good. see her and I saw she was pregnant, but I couldn't clock what she was. But now you've just explained, so that makes sense. Oh, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> and Munya dressed up as um, Salt Bay. That was really good too. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations on your podcast, which is called Don't Call Me Thank Exotic. You. Yes. What made you decide that it was time to hear about creative stories like, you know, stories of racism within the institution or like within their day-to-day lives? What made you think, okay, this is it. This is the time. Basically in March this year, after the Atlanta shootings happened, and we were all like physically isolated and locked down anyway, but um, I have never really had a really big like East Asian community around me. And after that happened, I basically had like a mental breakdown (laughs) because it was just so intense. And like, we're already been locked up for almost a year. And it was just like to go through that, like already physically isolated, but then also feel like I didn't have a community to reach out to, to speak to. I don't have family in the UK. So it was just like, I had a mental breakdown and I just thought I was just so angry just being triggered by absolutely everything. Yeah. So like even when I'm just trying to relax, like watching Netflix or whatever, I was just like watching TV and I'm mean, watching the shows and just being like, why isn't there fucking representation of, you know, East Asian faces or, yeah. you know, like South Asian faces? Like just it's, you know, everything was triggering me. Like I couldn't even fucking like relax. And I was just so angry and I just had such negative energy inside me and I I was just like, I need to do something with this. Like, I can't just sit here. Like, it's, it's going to eat me up inside or like, it's just going to like kill me or something. Like, I need to do something. Because, you know, during that time, like March 2020, April, May, like all we could do is like go for walks and shit. Yeah. So I was listening to like a lot of podcasts. I was listening to a lot of music and stuff. And I just felt like, and it was such a solitary time that I felt like, you know, what I could have had done with um, to kind of help that healing process was, you know, to listen to conversations of other people like myself who work in the creative industry, who aren't, you know, cis white men, and to just kind of talk about their experiences. You know, yes, we can talk about, you know, white supremacy, and it's really intense, and it is really daunting. But sometimes it's like, funny like when I say funny it's not like haha funny but these shared experiences like if we just talk about them it takes the weight off and you know the human connection like that's what I felt like I could have done with and there wasn't anything out there like that that I could reach out to so I I was like I'll just do it (laughs) 
<laughs> and who's been your favorite guest on the podcast? Oh, you can't ask me that. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask. Who's who's had the best stories? I wouldn't say like there's a, a favorite or anything like mm. that but so alice is she's mixed race but she's east asian as well and she dj's and so we kind of had like similar kind of dj stories um about like the racist shit that we get like from bookers or promoters and just people coming up to us when we dj so i would say that was she was one that i could really relate to the most what mm. kind of shit do you guys get though whoa because i've seen you at gigs i've been at your gigs and like obviously i've never seen anything go down like, you seem totally comfortable <laughs> but then I'm guessing I've probably seen you at gigs where that shit doesn't happen I mean they also happen so quickly as well so mm. you know I get a lot like oh my god you're like Peggy Goo and I'm like uh, oh like, my god okay cool like she's an am- <laughs> like she's such a cool person but like she plays like techno and right. I- I'm playing yeah, she like plays different very different yeah, I'm music. Playing, like if I'm playing like I don't know hip-hop or like R&B or whatever it's like you literally just see an Asian woman yeah. DJ I was just thinking when about the Lucy D thing isn't it mad that that's the only other thing that people can say like that's it's the only little... cultural reference yeah there's no representation she hasn't even yeah I guess I think maybe she was in something recently but she hasn't really been in yeah like you know <laughs> she hasn't so it's just like you know maybe that's the only reference we have of like like actress like 10 years ago I guess what the fuck yeah I think Sandra owes oh, about yeah, now Sandra. I was just thinking like oh, yeah. but but that's it there's no way it's like I feel like you know sometimes you look at stuff and you're like can there only be one at a time is that what it is because like when I look at other at other types of diversity I'm like okay there's like 10 people in that room or 20 here or whatever but then when I look at South Asian and East Asian it's kind of like oh there's like two you know it's that it's that feeling of tokenism yeah it's like you almost feel like oh there's one so there can't be another because because that space is so small already so it's like the space for women is so small anyway and then to add another layer of race on top of that so when someone does make it or someone breaks through you almost feel like well there's no space for me because there's there's one I've definitely thought that which is like an absolute yeah. crazy thing. I've definitely thing. felt that way. Like if there's been some sort of area I want to get into or job I want to go for and there's like somebody who's like me that's... You know, actually, if it's someone who's completely not like me, it makes me feel a little bit better sometimes. I'm like, oh, I still have a chance, which is fucking mad. Yeah. But then it's like we shouldn't have to place those ideals within ourselves because I think this is a lot to do with women as well, where it's like, we always Mm. have to have a USP. It's like, what can you do? So if like, I'm a DJ, it's like, okay, I'm a DJ, but what else am I doing? I have to do X, Y, and Z. I have to like Mm. stand out. It's like, do you think people ask that of white men? Like what makes you stand out? They're enough. And I feel like with women and especially women of color, it's like, well, what makes you stand out? Why do you deserve Mm. a seat at the table? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Which is kind of like why people decide to sort of set up their own tables and stuff, right? Yeah. Which, I yeah. mean, me and Hardy have had many conversations off air about, okay, we need to set up a table. Like, how are we going to do it? And we're still figuring it out. We kind of really haven't figured it out. But have you thought about anything like that? I mean, I started a club night because when I quit my job to do DJing full time, I was in, in the scene like that as much. So I wanted to get club bookings, but I 
obviously like wasn't in the scene yet I was quite fresh and new so I was like well why don't I just put on the night and then I'll just book myself mm-hmm. as a headline DJ love that so love in, a, that. in a sense where it's like if you do feel like all the doors are closed then you know it kind of makes you think outside the box and make your own tables like you said so it kind of gives you like free reign doesn't it because you're like well it hasn't been done before so I might very well clever. do it <laughs> very clever that's on a good day though that's on a good day though like some like there are days where you just like oh like every day it's the patriarchy and like white supremacy you know like it would be good to not be the first all the time but yeah it'll be like the only female Asian girl like you know yeah I heard that you talk about that a lot on your podcast and I always feel like that like when I'm in certain teams or whatever and then they kind of look to you to be like the voice of everyone like you have to be the voice of everyone and especially if you're on a team where you're like advising them on how to do things you're kind of like well maybe you want to talk to a few more people than just me yeah it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah also because like I don't know I've had it before where friends will ask me stuff about being Indian and I'm like "Mm, I'm not sure if I'm the right person to ask about this shit like sometimes I don't know shit or I might get something wrong I don't think like I'm the spokesperson but then like I mean because I think that too because a lot of people are like you watch anime right (laughs) (laughs) I actually I actually (laughs) I actually don't yeah but like (laughs) but then I'm just like oh my god am I a bad Asian but then it's like but why does no exactly like being Asian doesn't mean one thing like I am Asian I'm East Asian and like who I am is enough like i'm i'm fine just being me you know like it i have a question though on anime yes <laughs> if a guy or whoever whatever okay right if a human who um really liked anime <laughs> tried to talk to you and brought up the fact that they liked anime is that a red flag do you know i was actually thinking about this like knowing that i was going to come on this podcast cause oh well <laughs> there are t- sometimes i go on a date and then they're like, yeah, I read like anime. And I'm just like, am I just a fantasy or do you know what I mean? I'm just there oh like, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, that's disgusting. Oh my God. I did see, um, what's it? When I, I was on Hinge, like, was I on Hinge? No, I wasn't. What was I on? Bumble. You were on, you were on Bumble, Bumble and Hinge Bumble. and the pattern. I was on Bumble before I moved here. So like two months ago and then I deleted it. But right before I did, um, I kept seeing like, long-haired guys like beach wave elephant trouser vibe and i was just like i can't i can't i can't because i know you love this (laughs) i know you i and that would put me off that would that would make me feel a bit sick yeah it's like you're just there's just a box insert yeah it's a fantasy that they have in their minds and don't get me wrong not all anime watchers are whatever but if you're talking <laughs> yeah. if you're saying i don't know it just feels a little yeah. bit weird and then i think i'm just like hyper aware of like everything else they say if they say yeah. that but yeah. yeah do you get weird people on dating apps are you on dating apps i've actually deleted everything why i've just had like a bad few months of dating and I've just been like, oh, I'm wasting so much money and time and energy. Oh, shit. I was just like, I just need to start. Like, Are you doing like big first dates? Because I spoke to someone about this before and I was like, oh, yeah, a first date, go like mini golf. And they're like, no, go for one drink. And that's it. And I was like, what? Like, you barely get to know someone in a drink. Are you like, are you going on luxurious, lavish dates or just? 
No, I just like just go for drinks and just drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not just the one. <laughs> okay. All right. My friend's got a rule: one drink, one hour. Bye. See you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Were you dating in the panini then? I was having phone phone dates. That's cute. So how does that work? Just talked on the phone for a really long time, and yeah, it was weird though. Like FaceTime or literal phone? Like phone, like phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> One thing we actually didn't ask you is when is the last time that someone called you exotic? Oh, God. Do you know what? I think it's probably before the pandemic. Oh, shit. Probably in person. What do you say to that? I honestly, I've just started walking away. Okay. <laughs> like, I just oh don't God. even, I can't even, like, engage because I, it, yeah. it, like, fucks up my energy. I was once in, sitting opposite this guy when I was just newly single and I was, like, trying to understand what is going on in the world and how to survive as a singleton. <laughs> and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, you know, you can't ask that. Like you can't and then he was like why not and i was trying to explain how it's like rude and stuff and he was just not having it and he's like like marie where are you from like you look like they always look they love this as well they're like you look a bit greek a little bit you super- look like-, I'm like i'm fucking indian mate yeah I'm indian. here we go that's it yeah <laughs> yeah no people ask me if i'm japanese all the time like in the post office yesterday right where are you from oh wow japan japan I'm just like, why does it matter? Like, why? Like, literally, what? Because whenever someone asks that, because I'm sure you guys get it all the time. Where are you from? Yeah. Where are you from? From where, where are your, your parents, parents from? Yeah. from? <laughs> oh my god! It's just like what? I don't know what it is. Like the entitlement that they feel like they can ask that question. It's just like wild. I, I would never think to ask no. that. Like it's different if you're having a conversation with someone and you're getting to know them and you're like, oh, like where are you from? Like yeah. blah blah blah. But if it's someone trying to chat you up or just like a random guy in a shop, you're just like, why? So you can you can put me in a box in your head to with your preconceptions of like who I am yeah based on where you think I'm from it's just like I don't know it's weird because then I think when a guy does it like I don't even know if they know that they're being like that and I think they're, they're trying to find some common ground with you so they're trying to be like oh I know that oh I know I know Indians eat curry <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 do you know what I mean but it's like <laughs> you know they need to do that thing where it's just like oh nice shoes or I don't know fucking but they, they always want to go there like where you from yeah. and you're like um excuse yeah. me <laughs> what did you guys say to that I'm always like what do you mean by that question I start interrogating them back and then but then they're always like where are your parents from but then I'm like what are you going to do with that information of where my parents are from like what where are you going to take that you know are you doing a census like where is it so yeah I kind of just sort of start on them now but like I think before I would always be like guess guess and that was like my ignorance you know like when you're trying to when you're like flattered and you're a teenager and you're like this guy's trying to me and I'm like guess guess and then they'd always guess these stupid things like Turkish this that and you're just like (laughs) oh my god I like, want you to be fuck, Turkish. Are you just standing there while they're just listing? Oh my god! But yeah, no. I just now that I'm getting older, I'm just like I just walk away. I'm just like I can't even be bothered. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's actually fucking yeah. stupid. But obviously, you've been doing a lot more dating than me and Hardeep have uh, in in during the <laughs> pandemic, and even I'm assuming before that because like I'm I'm almost a virgin again now. I think. Oh my days, Hardeep. What about you, <laughs> mate? I am one. I am one. Are you mental? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have you guys have a dating podcast. I know. Yeah, we have podcasts about dating relationships. <laughs> it's because we have failed relationships. <laughs> oh, all of mine have failed. It's fine. It's fine, but you learn from the failures, and that's kind of what the yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. is about. Like learning from the exactly. failures. <laughs> yeah, friendships, family. I've still got those. Yeah, that those are the ones that count though. <laughs> 
And it's hard to navigate things. I've realized lately I'm really bad at communicating. So that's that's generic to all relationships. Really? Because I, when I was listening to your podcast, you're Pisces, aren't you? Yeah. So why are you bad at communicating? You're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, um, <laughs> sometimes it's just hard saying things. Sometimes. Uh, I'm, a Pi- I'm a Pisces as well. And I talk about my feelings all day long. Oh, and talk about my feelings. Yeah, maybe not. I think I wait too long when I'm annoyed about things. I think that's the thing oh. that I need to fix up anyway oh. sorry moving on rad you were gonna Look, say you've something. got a pisces sister on the podcast yeah babe. no fucking hell Not actual pisces. pisces next okay so we do a lot of um stalking of tweets a lot i go proper down i don't stop you know it's like scroll more scroll more i don't stop something else you tweeted about is responding by saying some women actually love the attention at the gym when a woman says that they feel uncomfortable at the gym because of men is one step away from but what was she wearing and promotes rape culture it's true yeah do you go gym by the way um yeah can you tell you're, you're wearing a jumper i can't tell yeah i try <laughs> I, can't, I actually can't tell <laughs> i try to go gym but i feel so uncomfortable yeah i was saying to raj i've never stepped foot in one because i can't knowing that you're in there I view and they can see and all the exercises I want to do are like where I'm just like booty bent, o- bent over <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so it just makes me feel uncomfortable and like yeah I wish there were war- more like women's only gyms but they're not so common I have to tell you guys a story because I know one of my friends she actually I believe she met her husband at the gym okay and I was like how the fuck did that happen also I don't understand when people meet people at the gym it just <laughs> I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone talking to me at the gym. I swear, I look like a mess, mate. Like I feel like the gym that I went to before it was um, a gym that my dad was going to, like for years and years and years. So everyone kind of knew who my dad was, and everyone knew I was his daughter. So people knew right. not to fuck with me. But then it was also one of those gyms where it's like all the Hounslow boys, and everyone goes like, you know, like all these Asian brood boys and stuff. And so it's kind of a gym where you don't like. Mm. I got put off going anyway. Like then after the pandemic, I was like, that's it. I'm investing yeah. in equipment. I've just got equipment at home now, mm-hmm. and I just do my own thing. But um, yeah, for someone to even come up to you, but like, yeah, I think he started chatting to her in the gym and then from there he asked her, he kept seeing her around the gym and then he asked her out on a date Fucking and hell. now they're married and they've been married for like a, I don't a long time. Believe like, <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's impossible. I will get a it's voice impossible. note from her to tell us the story. No, because like <laughs> the reason why I tweeted that was I was dating this guy and then we were having this conversation. This is like kind of early on in the dating. And then, no, he was like, oh, there was someone working out in front of, well, no, not in front of, she was just working out. And I think she had like a hole or something in her in her trousers or something like that. So he was like, oh, like I let her know that there was a hole, like she had a hole. She was like, oh, thank you. Like, I guess that's why people were looking or whatever. And I was like, oh, she must have felt so uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, yeah, but sometimes like girls love the attention. Like they they wear tight stuff to get attention. I'm like, I think they're just wearing like they're literally. No, she's women wear. What else are you supposed to wear at the gym? I was like, hello, what? you're working on your form. You're not going to wear the baggiest of shit. How are you going to see your form when you're doing your sets and stuff? Also, when you move around in baggy Shut clothes, up. it just like flaps about. So like, if I wear a baggy top, it's like flapping about. Yeah, you want to be like held in. Do you know what I mean? But no. I was like, you can't. I mean honestly women are not there to perform for you like sometimes we just go places and wear things and i was like red flag red flag red flag oh my god i was really thinking about how women's bodies are sexualized this week so i was just looking in the bus and i was really deep in it for a second i was just like wow you're told that if you wear something 
you're do, like you're asking for like that's it's just exactly fucked. like and who even said that well like, this carries us around our bodies yeah. carry us around you know like yeah keep us moving why is it now a problem we're 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 just like objectified it's yeah it's and disgusting. do you know what he start he ended things with me <laughs> how crazy is that rude yeah not, not having, having it. we're not even going to talk about it anymore <laughs> before we get into our relationship lessons we're going to warm up and say thank you next to something that's just like got on your nerves a little bit recently so oh tell so us much. what are you saying thank you next to where do i even start <laughs> well i think there's a nightmare happening in london right now and it's called the cab crisis mm-hmm. what is happening it's awful sunday my whole twitter feed was just people talking about uber and full prices and stuff yeah so on on Saturday night when I was trying to get home, it tried to charge me from London Bridge to Walthamstow. It tried to charge me 90 pounds. Oh, what the fuck? That's wow. insane. 90 pounds. And then like the exec was like 140. I was like, where am I going? I could fly to like Spain for this money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That is actually insane. Was that Uber? Did you look at Bolt then? Was Bolt cheaper? So that was Bolt and I couldn't even get an Uber. An Uber was like, it just kept doing that thing where it just like connects and then disconnects and then connects and disconnects. And yeah, I just couldn't get one. So I got the night bus. I was going to say, why didn't you get the bus in the first place? Surely it wouldn't take that long. It was early in the morning and I was dressed in like the tightest dress because I was dressed up for Halloween and I was tired. Like I had a long day and normally that should only cost like 30 or 40 pounds, which is like fine for that time of the night but yeah i got a night bus and i just i fell asleep i don't like that and then and then like some weird creepy guy came and sat next to me i understand right okay yeah it was just yeah it was i had the same problem it took me an hour and a half to get home it was addison lee and then i had to get a black cab on saturday oh so i was just gonna say maybe we should try addison lee but you tried addison lee no addison lee was fucked it's the same yeah 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 what do we do? We just have to <laughs> what do we actually do? Walk. Get black cabs. I couldn't even find one. There's a black cab app now, so what? I think maybe we need to get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just they just find you a black cab, like, and it will come to you. Do you think they're doing this on purpose? Why? Why is this happening? I have no idea. Yeah, when did this start? This started like this wasn't throughout the whole pandemic. It's only been the last few months that this has been happening. Yeah. So it's like, what caused it? Do you think like less drivers exist now or something? They're all still about. Mm-hmm. Like the other day when I got an Uber, I was like, oh my god, thank you for coming. Oh my god, thanks for not cancelling. <laughs> oh my god, and he was just like, what the fuck is wrong with this Chill girl? Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is that deep though. <laughs> it is. You're just like, oh my god, thank you so much. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so bad. Like, we're literally paying them to do a job. I know. We're overpaying. We're always overpaying now. It's never a normal rate to get home. I, I couldn't like, believe it. Fuck? Ninety pounds. That's that's I actually mad. just couldn't. I couldn't do that. To, like, I, I li- just the principle of it. I was like, I can't. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. But I get to get the night bus and then get another cab to take me to my door, which was twenty quid. Okay, that's annoying. Uh, Fuming. That shit. Yeah, so if anyone knows what the fuck is going on with Ubers and Addison Lee and Bolt right now. We just want to get home. It's actually insane. I wish I had like a family member who was a taxi driver. I just want to get home. I mean, if we were all Asian stereotypes, we would have a family member. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there you go. We're not all Asian stereotypes. Raj, I feel like if anyone here... Yeah. I feel like you would have a taxi driver in the family. I yeah, my uncle when he moved to New York, he drove a yellow cab for a long, long time, but he doesn't anymore. But yeah, he did Damn. for a bit. <laughs> I think every immigrant has to do it, you know? They all have to do yeah. it. He moved from India straight to New York, so what else was he gonna yeah, do, you know? Done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, but uh next. 
So we're going to get on to your first lesson. So one taught me. Not to expect what you would do for them to be what they give in return. Oh, shit. What led this to being a lesson for you? I think because I'm I'm quite a giving person in a relationship and I'm quite a thoughtful person as well. So like I would do like cute little things and, you know, t- thoughtful little gifts and stuff like that. And then I would disappoint myself because I'd be like, why don't they do anything like that for me? Are we talking about like relationships, like even your friendships or specifically relation actually friendships as well i think all general relationships and i'm like really trying to take that into consideration now because i'm thinking every time i do something i was expecting them to have the same thought process back Mm. or like give what what i would do in that situation and then i just disappoint myself and i'm just like breaking my own heart because i'm just like well they must not care about me enough um because they're not doing the same thing back to me but it's like well actually they everyone's idea of love and giving and how they care for people is different Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. but it's so hard because like I feel like I'm exactly the same as you like I'm very giving and I'm very like oh my god you need help I'll be there I'm giving you help let me drop everything and be there for you (laughs) let me drop everything (laughs) la 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 and then you're like this weird Disney character that's just like making everything better for them but it's like it's so hard to not expect what you do for them back off them because it's like let's say if I'm offering someone support during a time of need for them yeah I would then expect support from them during my time of need or like if I'm celebrating them I would expect them to celebrate me back when there was an excuse to celebrate me but then when that doesn't happen I'm like and then I'm like are these not basic principles of friendship yeah yeah I mean I think if I'm gonna do something nice for people or like, you know, support them and stuff. I just want to make sure that I'm happy to do that for them yeah. without anything in return. Yeah, I think you have to ask So like yourself, if I'm happy you? to, maybe like a common thing, I guess, in friendships is like showing up for people's birthdays, right? Yeah. So if I'm like, if I'm showing up for someone's birthday party or a celebration or whatever, I just want to now make sure that I'm going just because I'm happy to just go and be there for them. Not like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that you come to mine like it, it's not like a give or take thing and I yeah. think like you know there's a, maybe that's like kind of more of a superficial kind of example but I mean that does happen like yeah. I've been hurt by friends not showing up for birthdays and stuff but I want to just try to make sure that I'm like doing things and that's enough and I don't if they don't do anything back for me then I'm at peace with just doing that for them yeah mm. because then yeah you just disappoint yourself and then nothing's mm. actually happened and you're just like sad <laughs> Yeah, I think I learned this definitely the hard way where I thought, oh, I'm okay. And so someone I knew was struggling and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep giving, giving, giving because I need my help Um, to the point of like, I felt completely depleted after. But now I feel Aww. like I try and just be not depleted and then help a little, like little bits. Yeah. But not go over the top to the point where I have nothing left in me but I think also when you talk to people about this you've got to talk to the right people because I remember I was telling someone oh my friend is struggling and they're like you've got to do everything you can do everything and I like listened and I was like yes that's the right thing to do but it's completely like wrong advice at the time yeah yeah I think like you have to take care of yourself first right so like if you're going to be able to support a friend or a partner or whatever like Mm. you can't support them the best way you can unless you're healthy and like happy as well. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I I 
was the same. And I'm just trying to move forward by like listening to myself first, which is why I'm not dating. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, how, yeah. Do you like check in with yourself now then when something happens? Yeah. The way that you would speak to a friend. So if I'm if I'm having a bad day, if I just felt like really shit that day, don't exactly know why. Instead of like forcing myself to do something, I'm going to talk to myself as if I was my friend rather than just within myself so like yeah. you know if your friend was like oh I kind of had a shit day you'd be like oh like take it easy like have a bath like order food just watch a movie like just yeah, chill yeah, yeah. but then it, when that happens to you you're like well I have to do this and this and this and it's like you know I'm just trying to like talk to myself as if I'm like a friend so I'm just there by myself talking to myself <laughs> that's nice and it's something I think you really have to remind yourself to do because I, I don't think me and Raj were talking yesterday and we we're both feeling appreciated I don't think I would talk to her as I would to a friend and she would give me advice as a friend, but I'm sure we were talking about inner voices as well. I'm sure our inner voices are just not always the nicest. I wonder why that is. Then I don't know if it's because, you know, we're creatives and then I think every creative has this thing in them where they're a perfectionist to a certain amount. 100%. And that perfectionism can fuck with your creativeness as well, actually. Yeah. And I think that's why sometimes we're so harsh, but then... I can't speak on behalf of people who aren't creatives, like, but I just I feel like it's a running theme with people who are like, I think we are really harsh on ourselves and we're like, you should be doing better, bitch, rather mm. than um, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess like with like doing things in the creative field, it's like when you're making things, when you're putting something together and then putting it out, it's going to be judged by so many people. So you, before that happens, you're like almost want to be like even harsher so that whatever you put out is the best yeah. that you think that you can put out. But it's, it's like the absolute worst i don't know why we do it (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true it's true you know like you've given us examples of like the birthday stuff and things like that but if it was something a little bit deeper than that like let's say if it was a support thing and like you've given someone support and then you've realized that they're not supporting you in a time where you needed support yeah would you just be able to move on from that now because you're kind of like I'm actually kind of going through something like that with a friend at the moment where I think we all are don't worry (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's been a long two years (laughs) but I think what the panini did like help help us is that you know everyone is literally going through something yeah and it's everyone's just kind of going through it so like you know, at, so basically what's happening is that my friend of like many, many years, we don't live in the same city. So like we could, we can, we can kind of support each other in like, a, like a remote setting. We can go months without talking, but then when we do, or like when we reach out, it's like really important and special. But um, like a few things that happened in my life that were really big achievements, but also like hardships as well, they kind of happen like within a, few weeks and I really could have done with like her support and she knew of the things that happened but she just wasn't there for me and this is kind of going to my first like lesson where if that was the other way around and I kept thinking that I was like if it was the other way around like I would be there for her like I would totally be there like yeah on the phone or physically whatever I could but then now I'm just realizing, you know what, like she's not not supporting me because she doesn't like me anymore. It's that she's obviously going through something and she can't be there for me. Mm. So instead of like being mad at her for not being able to support me, I'm just like currently like trying to take, get some space and being like, OK, yeah. she can't offer me what I need at the moment. I'm not getting what I need from her she's obviously going through whatever and I'm not ready to kind of reach out to her to see what's going on with her. So I don't know, maybe we're just like not friends anymore. But I, I think I just need that initial space and then kind of go back to it and 
open up that communication. Um, I feel like things happen in waves. Like one time, if I'm feeling good, Raj is feeling down. If Raj is feeling down, I'm feeling good and we can like help each other. But say if I was feeling down for a week and then I came out for one day and I was like, I'm alive again. Yeah. And then Raj's got a problem. There's a part of me, obviously I want to help her a bit, but it's like, you can't give too much like we were saying because it's like i've literally just i've just had like a bit of air to breathe yeah, again yeah do you know what i mean yeah so how do you guys how do you guys get through that i was using ratchet that's not happened yet oh right just... <laughs> yeah yeah that's an example she's just giving yeah. examples but um i i've been through this and like, i wasn't feeling great and like halloween like i went to meet my mate it was very like that was not the halloween i expected to have but um He's going for a really rough time at work and I ended up like literally giving him therapy and I wasn't in the best of places myself. But I find that this is why it's so hard for me to accept this lesson, yeah? It's because regardless of how low I might be feeling or how shit I might be feeling, if my mates are going through it, I can still be there for them and it's no skin off my back. Yeah. And But then I've also got to just accept as well that not everyone's built like that. Yeah. And maybe that's just... Maybe I'm just built like that. I don't know. Yeah. And not to get upset. You're right. Because most people probably aren't acting a way around you because they don't like you. But it is the first thing you sort of go to in your head. You're like, they don't like me? Yeah. <laughs> How can and, you not like you know, me? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. Like It is probably because they're going through their own shit. Or yeah, I think space is probably the best thing to do. You're right. Yeah. And maybe that's what I need to do. Just give everybody space up in here i think like if you're good enough friends with people you can just kind of reach out a little bit a little bit and be like i just need a little bit of time if it's an emergency i'll be there but like i just need some space which i actually haven't done (laughs) but maybe i should but you're gonna do now i'm gonna do now (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so what are you saying thank you next to having any expectations <laughs> basically don't have any it's true when you have expectations that's when you're just set the bar really low and then everything oh my god no no <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking no we need to find a balance we need to that's just it though isn't it because you don't want to just let everything slide so it's like okay maybe some level of expectation yeah but, uh, yeah yeah figure figure out the boundaries i guess yes no, but well, like if you apply it to like a night out, if you're like, I'm going to have a great time, it's going to be great. That's yeah. when I feel like it'll be shit. That's when I think not to have too high expectations, but like to just do something like, oh, hey, Raj, you want to go here? Okay, yeah. And then you just go there and then it's actually all right. Like when we were in Notting Hill, did you have no expectations of that day? I had no expectations. I was feeling really sad the other week and then Raj took me for food. Oh. I had no expectations. Cheered her oh. up. I just thought we'll have some food. You know, if you're ever feeling shit, I would just say go for a walk in Notting Hill because everyone owns beautiful dogs. Like, yeah. are you just oh, being yeah. like, that doggy, this doggy, hi doggy. It's Aww. just like, you just forget what you're going through. I love that place, man. Next. We're on lesson two now. So one taught me. To not project my insecurities onto them and then pick fights based on these insecurities. This is so <laughs> specific, we were saying. Was it not supposed to be specific? No. No, no, no. it's just very funny. Okay. It's, it's funny, very funny. It's, so it's very good. Okay. So what, <laughs> talk us through this. What's happened? What insecurities have made you project and caused a few arguments? One specific event comes to mind and it's like when I was seeing this guy and I would get jealous of other girls that he would know and then so he would invite me to these places and there's just like really like hot girls <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I kind of knew them too but I was like oh my god like I was intimidated and then I'd just be like mm, I'm not gonna go da, 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 da. and then like we ended up having this like fight because I didn't want to go because I was insecure 
and it was oh, my own yeah. shit that I was putting on him you know what I mean he was just like I just wanted to invite you to a party yeah <laughs> and I was like ah did you tell him why in the end did it come out why yeah (laughs) (laughs) how did you have that conversation i was just like do you know what like this specific situation makes me feel insecure because um these girls are really hot (laughs) okay okay. (laughs) what did he say he was just like yeah but that's like i just wanted to invite you to a party yeah that was it yeah 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 so that was that was my bad but we learn we do learn. I think. I think I've done the same. <laughs> Projecting insecurities onto them. And see, this is just it. So in my notes, mm-hmm. I've written, uh, I've had people use my insecurities to pick fights with me. And then I wrote, LOL, really, <laughs> like in caps. No. Yeah. And, it's like, and it really gets to me. Like, I remember an ex of mine called me aggressive. And he really used to gaslight me and stuff. And he called me aggressive. And then like two months later... Um, and he would repeatedly call me aggressive and stuff as part of the gaslighting. <gasps> and then two months later, my best friend called me aggressive in a WhatsApp. And I was like, how dare she? No. <laughs> and um, I still haven't spoken to her about it. It is a conversation that will come up at some stage. And and the, when that happens, I'm kind of like, I don't really react. But afterwards, my natural reaction now is I just start staying, pulling away from those people. <laughs> yeah, you have and I'm just to. Like, yeah, because I don't even have the energy to discuss it with them. I have to be really honest. I don't. I can't even be like sitting there and be like, you did this. And I'm just kind of like, if someone's sharing their insecurities with you and you know their deepest darkest things like why are you picking at that shit yeah they're using it against you on a side note though not with you in a different situation i've had yeah uh so i know someone who had a fight with somebody and the other person pointed out like a flaw that this person has i like help them through that situation and support them through that situation but then um what if they do actually have that flaw like and you can't then it's hard because the without say using an insecurity to pick a fight with them but what if you realize the flaw is actually true like it's like that tiktok what am i the drama me <laughs> me but yeah but like, yeah but like, then oh, that, i think yeah. everyone has to have that certain level of self-awareness isn't it and i think when you do have an argument you should like go back and reflect on it and sort of give time for that self-awareness to kick in and really reassess everything and be like mm. am i the problem here did i do something wrong as well like it can't always be the other person right you have to take like a level Mm. of responsibility for stuff yourself but this is what I was going to say about insecurities and stuff and I think sometimes when you are really tight with someone and this is what I keep getting told by anyone that I speak to about this is that um, other people use your insecurities to project their own shit Mm. like when they're going through something sometimes people are just projectors so they'll like slam your insecurities in your face to project that they're going through something apparently yeah which doesn't (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like okay i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to do in that situation then so yeah it's a lot yeah (laughs) everyone's just like projecting all their own shit to everyone i know it's all our child it's our childhood traumas just like bouncing and hitting everyone else and just if i wish we could see it like if it was a physical yeah we could just like be like like, okay we dodged it just enough is that- oh, <laughs> on the note of insecurities though i can't stand when people are insecure about you know like self-esteem and stuff like they wouldn't say if you achieve something that's really good or they would never put themselves in that position and then they're like do you think you can do that or like you know just like oh, yeah. holding you back a little bit i don't like yeah. that like self-doubt that kind of thing you know yeah. people are not very inspiring and because they're not very inspiring or they don't aim high they wouldn't then it kind of like encourage you to do the same but i think you just have to work out yeah who would be the person to talk to about that kind of shit 
I think we all need new friends. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to join, you know, Bumble for their friendship. You know, they do friendship matches oh on Bumble. Do they? Yeah, you can find oh they've my got three God. aspects what? of it. So it's like friendship, dating, and then I think one's like business networking or some shit. Business. Yeah, God knows. Oh. So we have to be there. Oh, I might join for friends, you know. <laughs> I might actually join same, for friends. Same. Should we join? Should we all join for friends and then come back? Yeah, and see what we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Just... Definitely not toxic behavior. <laughs> no, we'll invite them to your gig. We'll invite them to your gig. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> okay. So, what are you saying? Thank you next to to allowing insecurities to take control of your feelings and actions. Why, bitch? Yeah, we're not. We're not having. We're not having that. <laughs> cool. So we're on to lesson three. One taught me not to lose myself within the relationship and always retain my identity and independence. <laughs> she just need to take a second there. She take a little second. This is a big one. Yeah. This is a big one. How did you realize that you needed to do this? There was a moment in my life that I'll never forget. So I was in an eight year relationship. And when we split up, we were living together for like maybe six and a half of those eight years. Oh shit. And when we broke up and I had to, like we obviously moved out. I was like thinking about what furniture to buy. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I like. Oh no. Because everything was like a joint decision. So we would go and buy furniture together. We would decorate the flat together and blah, blah, blah. And when I I think this is a Pisces thing, you know, I feel like we are easily swayed. It's because we're so relaxed and easygoing (laughs) and chill. (laughs) (laughs) Because we go with the flow. But anyway, so like when we split up and I had to like get my own place and buy my own furniture. I literally was like, I don't know who I am anymore. Like, I don't know what I like. Oh my God. What, is, what colors do I even like? No. What kind of bed do I want? What kind of like, you know what I mean? Uh, All of these like simple, quite simple things that are just part of the decisions that you make if you're an individual person. Yeah. But because for so many years, I was just making joint decisions on these things. I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. And I vowed that day. I was like, I'm never going to allow this to happen again. That's really interesting. I didn't see when I asked you this question that you were going to go into furniture and house stuff. (laughs) But that's interesting because it's very, you know, it shows you how it works on a daily basis. But isn't it crazy that that's that's an eight-year relationship and you've realized at the end of that eight-year relationship that that... Yeah, Mm. that was really tough. Yeah. So what were the steps to coming back to you? (sighs) I guess just like, starting to make those decisions by yourself and then asking yourself like what you want yeah and yeah like I am talking about furniture (laughs) but it goes with like a lot of other things as well that's kind of more of a metaphor for other things really and then like to get back into dating and stuff as well it's like because I was with someone for almost a decade Mm. I was like what kind of dates do I like what kind of things do I enjoy doing like I just had to learn all these things again was that scary fucking so scary (sighs) so scary and it's still scary oh my god oh <laughs> well we're proud of you yeah oh thanks 100 100 percent. and like have you have you set any like boundaries for yourself so you know you don't do that in the next relationship i don't think i want to live with someone again really interesting i think that's yeah. the key to success maybe this is partly coming from the fear of the furniture situation <laughs> okay yeah but yeah. but i think on the whole, because I know more of like who I am now. And I just, if I'm surrounded by another person's energy all the time, that I know that I'll be like, I'll always kind of 
want to take care of them and want to like do like kind of be the giver in that relationship Mm -hmm. and I just know that unless I give myself that space then I'm always going to kind of go into that pattern Mm -hmm. um and I also want to yeah it's really hard and like I also want to always invite a partner into my space and being like let's make time for each other like come over let's order food let's watch tv or like let's chill or have some wine or whatever like I always want that to be like special Mm -hmm. like I want the time to be accounted for and not just like oh we're both not doing anything let's just hang out yeah like I want to make time and I want to I want that partner to make time for me rather than it's just like there yeah I like that I really like that that too it's really interesting I never thought about that but I kind of found myself getting into really bad habits about a week ago I was staying with a friend and yeah I was doing that thing where it was like I was taking care of her and I was just like anticipating her needs and all of that rather than being like I've got this to do today why haven't I done it like do you know what I mean yeah so yeah when you said that it was like shit that's you Raj (laughs) (laughs) but then everyone's different right so like there are I guess people who can co-habit a space but I just know that it didn't work for me and it was ultimately like I lost so much of myself putting myself in that living situation for so long but it doesn't mean it's going to be the same with like every person as well so I don't no. I don't know it's, it's, it's like one of those things you know you never know maybe they'll let you decorate the room in your <laughs> however maybe they'll be the yeah, giver and I'm just, just the taker like, <laughs> just you want pink live. furniture order it <laughs> yes <laughs> have you got any relationships where it's the other way around where you're not giving so much and maybe you're this is a kind of toxic trait of mine but I think when the when the other person likes me more, it like completely turns me off. Oh, I'm the same. Oh is my that, god, no, that's quite I don't toxic. think it is. I think is, that's how quite can toxic. It be toxic. It's just a bit. I think it. I think it actually is. Yeah. Well, is I think it? it because it's the it's like the chase yeah. that you like. It's the it's the ava- <laughs> yeah, it's the availability that yeah. You... If someone likes me, I'm just like it's, what? Yeah. Bye. I'm just like what? like get that off me. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know. It's what I said. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's what I said. I can't remember if we shouted about this on the podcast before, but um, a friend of mine was like, only the guys who come up to me are weird. And then a guy said, the girls that come up to me are weird. And I was like, isn't it always the ones that come up to you you think are weird, but they're the ones you wanted to come up to you. But as soon as they actually did, you're saying they're weird. And I was like, mm, think about that. Think about that for a second. It's a it's a toxic thing. It's like, it's because you always want like the chase and that's what drives you. We're yeah. toxic. Bitch. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just I'm just trying to uh I'm just trying to think about it. I'm just like, mm, how's that work? Sometimes I look I think past at my like previous relationships and I'm like, am I the toxic <laughs> Because they all have one thing in common and that's me. Oh yeah. my god, stop. Stop. <laughs> I'd say probably a mixture of both, innit? That's what I'm learning to realize. Oh, yeah I don't, oh. I don't oh my god I don't know I've just learned that I'm toxic I've, there's a lot going on right now there's a lot to take yeah, in right gonna... now <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with this lesson like I feel like I have fallen into codependent, codependent. Sort of situation codependency you... yeah. yeah have you read that yes. book codependent no more no no it's really interesting so I'm reading it um I've been reading it for fucking have you finished ages. the attached just... book mate what's going yeah. on 
Okay. Um, I open books and I read like one page maybe a month (laughs) and it's really bad, really bad. I do that too. I do that too. I buy books, I don't read them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm reading now. I'm reading today. And then two years later, I'm still reading. Um, But basically it starts off talking about how um, people who are like, you're going out with an alcoholic or you're going out with someone who's got an addiction. And then the person who's actually like with them, the support person and why they're with person and why they would choose that person and the kind of relationships they have but not just people who are addicts it's got a long list of what would classify as a codependent relationship and the list goes on for genuinely a chapter so it's not just what i just said there but um it's kind of like all about the struggle of waiting for them to change when actually if you just like fucked off you wouldn't be going through the struggle it's kind of interesting yeah 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 and all of my codependency shit came from living with the person which is interesting that you've had a similar sort of experience because then maybe it is something to do with like living together that like things just get escalated and heightened yeah because then it's like your space is not your space is it your both your space. yeah you don't have a space of your own it's just like you're in each other's like thoughts all the time and you're all, all like physically i think the physical thing is a big thing because if you're just physically with someone all the time, you just expect them to be there. And then if they're like not home, you're like, when are you coming? Like, I don't know. It's too yeah. much. Ah, it's too much. <laughs> no, that's what I used to get. So he would be like, what time are you coming home? Are you home? What are we making for dinner? Like, you know, it's so I wouldn't do after work drinks or like anything. Like, I would do nothing. And I'd just be like rushing home and it'd be like, okay, we're having this for dinner. Or yeah. if I was meeting my friends, he would like come and meet me there afterwards. And it would just be it's a, a lot. lot. It would be a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah. So my whole thing is like, take it slow, try and, you know, keep time for yourself. Because like, you know, the beginning of a relationship, that's when you're all giddy about Mm. each other and you're all like in each other's pockets and stuff like that. So it's like, how do you, you've just got to keep like a couple of days away to yourself, even during that time. To like miss each other as well. Yeah. I feel like I like putting things in boxes and having rules, even though I don't follow them myself, lol. Um, but I feel like logically it's nice to have them. But I think like once a week, Max, you've got to see like, that's it. No more. Really? Yeah. See them once yeah, a week? Max. No, I could do more than that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good like arm's length. No, once you've established a relationship with this person, you can't just see them just once a week. Well, are you to talking do. to them every day? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If they're lucky. If they're lucky. No, yeah, obviously. <laughs> No, yeah. Do I talk to him every day, once a week? I'm good with that. Oh, I'm a bit more needy than that. <laughs> oh, I am needy. Like, but just... <laughs> Hardy, it's built these walls. This this person needs to come and, you know, knock them down. It's like moving a mountain. <laughs> I don't know that's on ages. Very... Yosha, moving mountains? <laughs> no, moving mate, I don't mountain. remember that one. I actually don't remember well, that he's one. He's like crying. He's like, I keep clapping and hope things would change. And the sky turns grey and the water from the rain washes sucks something away. It's like moving mountains. <laughs> How do you not know about moving mountains? He's like crying. Are you singing it out of tune? Yeah, obviously I can't sing. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he sings, isn't it? He's like moving mountains. No. <laughs> You're so right. funny, man. That I was can't. gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. We are going to um, enter into like Pop Idol, X Factor, one of those things um, oh in the God. future. You said. <laughs> we will we'll do it when Ariana Grande is the judge so we could be like, bitch, come on our podcast. Like, oh my God. God. What is she? She's, she's a judge on The Voice, isn't she? Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But like, honestly, the level of talent that she says yes to, my God, it's crazy. I'm always like, I just keep getting served TikToks and I'm like, okay, okay, Ariana, <laughs> I see what you're doing. 
Um, so what are you saying thank you next to? To to becoming one. Yeah, I love that you use a Spice Girls reference because like <laughs> that is actually I feel like that's what we get taught like from a young age onwards that like that is what a healthy relationship is. That's what love is when two people become one. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Spice Girls song was about sex. But... Yeah, 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 it was, it <laughs> but, was, it was. But when, when but we yeah, were little, like, it wasn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, no, it was about like holding yeah. hands and stuff. <laughs> but like, I, no, I totally get that. Where they're like one unit, you have to like whatever, and it's like, no, we can we can figure out what's best for each of us. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's fine. We I can like be that. two people in a union, but not one fucking person. We don't function as one person. A union, no, because it's that thing. It? and then it's almost like you can't go somewhere without the other or like you can't go out on a night yeah. when the other one isn't going out just weird things like that like you you yeah. act like you're one freaking entity and you're not it should just be one plus one equals two yeah we should just call this single bitches podcast <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today do you have any final words that you want to share with the listeners um uh, hi hello <laughs> How do people uh, check you out and where do we get your podcast? I was like, I do this too. Why don't I know what to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can find me on all socials at O-N-E-O-O-H-A-N-N-I-E-O-H. And I have a podcast as well called Don't Call Me Exotic. And you can listen to that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite shows. I'm currently working on series two with some bonus stuff coming out before Christmas. That's so exciting. Amazing. Yes. So what can we expect? What new stuff can we expect oh you'll have to say oh <laughs> not giving anything away <laughs> and if we want to see you if we want to see you out djing where, where, where are oh, we oh yeah um we'll come to box park in shoreditch on the 30th of december that's the better night to go out to be fair mm-hmm. um than new year's eve i think yeah definitely the cabs will be cheaper <laughs> if we could <laughs> listen the cabs need to sort themselves out before new oh year's because i'm not walking around everywhere Nah, i can't this is too much it's stressing me out i honestly get anxiety about going to gigs now because i'm like how am i gonna get home no that's a, yeah that's actually really shit Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who needs to stop having high expectations on other human beings. Or someone who needs to find some independence within their relationships. Or somebody who is like a walking projector projecting shit onto you if you feel like you need to tell us something about any of the stories that annie shared with us whether that's people projecting on you whether that's losing independence or how to keep your independence in a relationship then you know what email us or leave us a voice note because we love hearing your voice it's hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com or you can slide in the dms on socials with thank you next pod on insta tiktok and twitter if you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe or follow us on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And do not forget to give us a review so other people can find us. We'll be back next week with more shit we want to say thank you next to and potentially some Maver updates, some Made in Chelsea updates. Oh, wow. Why don't we go for a Maver hunt and actually go to Chelsea for our next Mm-mm. brunch? Absolutely not. What do you mean absolutely not? I don't want to talk to her. 
You should go up to her and be like, uh, Maeva, do you want to have sex with me? <laughs> what would I do that? Because that's what she did to Miles. So it's like you're doing the same thing back to her. Oh, right. No, I'm not trolling her. You're so funny. Um, I do hope people share with us like some Maeva stories and that. It's a very specific niche request, but if you have any Maeva, any Maeva, anything. If you know anyone that watches Made in Chelsea, like, ask them. Also, does anyone like Made in Chelsea? Every time I tell people I like Made in Chelsea, they're so, like, confused. They're like, why? I fucking love it. I mean, I still watch Made in Chelsea and I don't watch Towie anymore. And I used to watch Towie before. But I feel like Towie is more like that now. Like, where it's like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't like Towie. It's boring. It's stupid. They argue over dumb stuff. I don't like Towie anymore because I don't know anyone that's in it anymore. And I don't care. I'm not invested in anyone because I don't know who they are anymore. Down. Soz Towie. Soz. Imagine if we featured on an episode of Made in Chelsea. I mean, we could. I live close enough to Chelsea. There we go. We could. Dr- it's driving distance. <laughs> Bye. Bye.